It's time for the Mean Streets Podcast, presented by Full Moon Barbecue. For the only podcast with an inside look at Crimson Tide basketball all season long, turn to the Mean Streets. Britton Johnson and William Galloway take you from tip to buzzer with complete coverage of the Alabama Crimson Tide men's basketball team. Here's your host, William Galloway. I want to shake your hand, too. Welcome into the Mean Streets podcast presented by Full Moon Barbecue. I'm William Galloway, joined with Britton Johnson. In just a moment, Brian Passink will join us on the Full Moon Barbecue hotline. Oh, my goodness, Britton. I, I mean, every week for the last couple of weeks, you've said, what a weekend for Alabama athletics. What you know, It, it, it continues to get better. I don't know if we're going to have anything to talk about next week. Uh, other than the two games that y'all are about to play at Memphis and, and then at home versus Jacksonville State because Alabama athletics and obviously basketball just gets better and better and better as each game and each week goes on. 100%. And, and what a game that was last time. Kind of glad we, we waited 24 hours to kind of let that game breathe a little bit because um, obviously in a good way there are positive emotions, but emotions were running very, very high after that game, clearly for both sides. And um yeah, what a weekend for the Tide. Uh, couldn't imagine, you know, being associated with any other school because it's just it's so fun to be at the University of Alabama right now. Yeah, I mean, if I could right now, even though we're doing this over a Zoom call, I'd shake your hand um, because certain college basketball coaching staffs don't have the respect to do that for people in the Alabama basketball program. But I have that for you, and I would do it, but we're over a Zoom call. Um, we're going to bring in Brian Passing here for a second. Britton, I'm fired up for this episode, week six of the Main Streets podcast. We'll get to merchandise. We'll get to announcements, mailbag questions, uh, social media information, and more. I want to thank our fans, thank our listeners. The Main Streets podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. And we are joined now by our presenting sponsor, Full Moon Barbecue Hotline, Brian Passick, the men's basketball color analyst for the Crimson Tide Sports Network, joins us. Brian, welcome in. Have, has your heart rate settled back down to normal after the big win Saturday? A little bit, but I'm still fired up. Uh, first of all, thank you guys for having me. It is an honor. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I've listened to every episode and uh, really enjoyed it. So appreciate y'all having me. Well, we're happy to have you, Britton. I'll, I'll go ahead and tee you up, and I want you and Brian to kind of talk here just mainly about the big win, 83-82 to 82 over Houston in Tuscaloosa Saturday night. So many names came up huge, and we can talk about individuals, but let's start by talking about trends of the game um, because turnovers, giving up too many offensive rebounds, certain things uh, fans certainly weren't pleased with, but what did you see from the bench? What were you all talking about in the huddle? Um, and then just kind of walk us through the emotions and the reaction in-game and then post-game uh, Saturday night versus Houston. Yeah, I mean, just first off, what a game that was, what an environment that was. You know, uh, sometimes we forget what Coleman Coliseum is like when it's packed out and everybody's really into the game. But, I mean, it is a top-tier uh, atmosphere just when, when Coleman is really all um, nearly sold out and, and the energy is just fantastic. And that's what it was last night. Uh, despite the late tip, the fans were amazing. You know, despite – exams being over the students showed out and uh, their energy was fantastic throughout the game and um, really I mean it just felt like a tournament game and not just a tournament game like a, a an elite eight final four type game uh, just two very very high level teams uh, I think I saw John Moran even tweet after the game like that was high level basketball talking about our game and like uh, I mean it, it's what it was it felt like a heavyweight boxing match um and obviously, like you were saying with offensive rebounds, they had some heavy hands on them. I mean, they were uh, – we knew that that's what they did really well coming in. But at the same time, like, sometimes their strengths are just really, really solid and kind of hard to defend. And that's what it was for us last night, you know. And, and luckily, we'll have a chance to bounce back. Uh, Memphis is, uh, by the metrics, a better offensive rebounding team even than Houston. So, it will give us a great opportunity to bounce back and get a really uh, – solid, dominant defensive rebounding performance on Tuesday. Yeah, last night was just so much fun. Um, for the students to not be in town, uh, for it to be a late tip, and to have one of the great atmospheres, really, in, in many years in Coleman Coliseum was was just so much fun to, to be a part of and be in the building. And listen, and I say that everybody that was there was a part of it. 
Um, the fans were a big part of that win, and you could feel it um, 30 minutes, an hour before the game, uh, that it was going to be a big-time environment. Obviously, coming off of the Gonzaga win uh, the week prior and uh, all the excitement leading into that game, uh, there was a buzz in Tuscaloosa over that game, and uh, boy, the you guys, Britain, uh, did not disappoint. I mean, what a fun atmosphere, high-level basketball, and I mean, it's just really cool uh, for you to go back-to-back weeks, um, back-to-back Saturdays, where the marquee game in college basketball involves Alabama. I mean, to to go on the road essentially and win in Seattle against Gonzaga in front of eighteen thousand uh, was you know that got the attention of the college basketball world, and then to come home uh, in a top fifteen matchup in front of a packed building great environment, high-level basketball, a game that that really you, you wouldn't be shot to not just see it in the NCAA tournament, but see it very deep in the NCAA tournament, like Elite Eight, Final Four caliber level basketball. Uh, and for Alabama to get that win, uh, so much fun. So, um, man, what what a night. And, and Brent, I, I'm eager to, to hear uh, what the locker room was like after the game and um, just kind of – what what it felt like getting back in there. I, I'll tell you, you know, as a former player, um, that's the one thing that that I miss more than anything. Those the, the locker room celebrations after big wins, it just doesn't get any better than that. And I know uh, the one in Seattle was great. And uh, this one had to be as well. Yeah. And, and even before we got to the locker room, I think that was about the loudest rammer jammer I've heard <laughs> in a long time. Uh, you know, adding to the fact that, you know, the fans are just fantastic. And, and you know, before we get to that, just a couple of guys that, that really stepped up. Obviously, we've come to expect it almost from, from JQ and Shaq, but another terrific performance from them. JD had nine rebounds, and obviously his last one was his biggest one. And then a, a, a great block, a very clean block to end the game. Um, kind of put an exclamation <laughs> point on it. But, um, yeah, no controversy there, right? Um, yeah, just – Really fun, you know, who would have thought that our first, you know, 10 points or whatever would have come from Charles and Jawan. I'm sure when uh, Houston went to their huddle after the first TV timeout, uh, we, they already had given up 10 points, and I think it was five from Jawan and five from Charles. That's probably not how they had drawn it up on scout as, as how we'd be attacking. Uh, so that's just kind of points to how everybody contributed. Our leading scorer was Jawan Gary. I'm, I don't know if that was his career high, but that had to be close if it wasn't. I'd be shocked if it wasn't. Um, yeah, I think it, it was. was. It was it was seventeen originally. Yeah, and and he had that in the first half. I think it was uh, fourteen, if I'm not mistaken. At least that was uh, what those those guys on the radio were saying. That that Chris Stewart fella uh, was was talking about <laughs> that in the first half. <laughs> but those, those guys yeah, are pretty I, good. <laughs> Chris is, and and uh, man, that we, I tell you what, Chris is the best. And I know this, as a team, nobody has more fun uh, than, than we do. But the thing is, we can't have fun if Britain and the fellows are, aren't doing their job. And they certainly did last night in a big way, and they have all season. But, you know, Juwan Gary was – he's so much fun to watch. And the year that, that he was out with a knee injury, you know, I didn't get to see him. And, and I guess, Britain, I mean, you, you got to see him before he got hurt. Um, and I knew what – the type of player he was in high school, uh, but really not having that that year because of knee injury and seeing all the talent that was starting to accumulate uh, in his position, I wasn't sure how much he was going to be able to play last year. And and then you know obviously last year he proved himself, but my gosh, he's such an integral part of what you guys do, uh, and it it seems to be all effort and toughness and and blue collar. And, you know, that game to me was one with with that toughness and blue collar mentality against the team in Houston who got to the final four for those very same reasons. But, uh, man, he, he was so good. Your, your interior played tough, didn't rebound the ball as, way, as well as you'd like. Uh, and I'm sure it's something you guys worked on in practice. But uh, that guy's just an absolute warrior. 100%. I think I turned to Tyler at some point during the game and it was like, I've been thinking about this for the last couple of days, but golly, I'm sure Coach Sampson is looking from his sideline and saying, Jawan Carey is like the 
number one guy I would love to have on my team. And I'm sure he was just dying that he was on the other team instead of his. Um, but yeah, I mean, what's so crazy about Juan is, is he kind of pieced it together last year. Like, it, it wasn't something that um, I think his identity before that, he was obviously always a great athlete, always had a, a great talent, but um, him just being the blue collar guy on this team, I think it's something that kind of, he, he kind of morphed into last year. He started the season actually on scout team. I think, you know, most people don't know that. He was not playing very much at all. Granted, he was coming off an ACL tear and he was kind of working his way back. So that doesn't just happen overnight. But um, I think he realized at some point, man, I'm not getting the playing time I want. I think he realized the way to get it is by just playing harder than everybody. And ever since then, I mean, his motor is unbelievable and he just hasn't stopped working. Any, I mean, the practices that I go to, like there, there's no difference to me. I mean, would would you agree with that? I mean, the, the guys just whether it's pickup practice, um, national television, he he is just looks like he's ready to run through a brick wall for for his teammates and and to try to win the game. Yeah, you know what I've always said about him is is to an extent his greatest talent is his ability to play hard. And that sounds kind of stupid because effort is something you can control. But but my ability to play hard, my 100% is not near what Jawan's 100% is because of these other um, abilities he has, whether it be his athleticism or his motor or whatever else. But his number one attribute that I think, you know, if you're an NBA team and you're, and you're you know, scouting Jawan, it's got to be like, man, this dude just doesn't stop. He's relentless and he plays so hard. Um, and so – especially with the talent we have around him. we, Although it's great to see him make a three from time to time. It's great to see him make shots. That's, that's not what we need him to do. You know, we have guys that can make shots. We have guys that can do all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, nobody in the country can guard JQ one-on-one and, and good luck trying to stop Shaq. And so, um, but he fills the role of what we need him to do so perfectly, so seamlessly that it's just, it's kind of hard to keep him off the floor to be honest. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. I mean, that's, that's what it, it looks like. And I know like his plus minus speaks to that. I mean, he's always one of the leaders and he won the hard hat last night, right? He did. Yes. So tell me this, like how big a deal is that in the locker room? Like, you know, we, we've all seen it on social media when the hard hat is presented and, you know, I know it's talked about a lot among the coaches and fans. But to me, I mean, it seems like that's something that gets pretty competitive within the team. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Guys care about that. It's the, it's the last thing. So, you know, we only hand out hard hats after wins. Luckily, we've, you know, gotten to hand them out almost every single game, um, all but one. But uh, – it's the last thing that's handed out before we break it down as a team. So everybody's kind of waiting to hear who won. And especially in games where, where it's close or you don't really know, uh, there are probably two or three guys that think they have a shot at it. I mean, this year it's been – last year was the Herb Jones Award, right? But, uh, but this year it's been really evenly <laughs> spread so far. So uh, it's a lot of fun, and, and everyone really celebrates that. You know, they toss the hard hat to him. I think everybody loves to get a, uh, a shot at, like, hitting the guy as hard as they can on his head <laughs> with the hard hat on. But uh, I'm sure you all seen that on the on the highlight videos or whatever. But um, yeah, it's, it's a very celebrated thing. It's a very it's a, it's a thing got, that guys take a lot of pride in when they win it. Um, I mean, there'll be times when like Shaq will win it, and you know the rest of the night I see him wearing it, and it's like, man, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, that's and, so and cool. don't count yourself out, Britton, because you've got seven blue collar points yourself, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, if it was on a permanent basis, uh, I got to be near the top. Uh, so, you know, Oates is a big number guy. So, uh, maybe you should look at the numbers a little bit on that. And, uh, he's looking for PT, you know, <laughs> Hey, he took, he took a charge. I've never seen this in the history of college basketball. We're up like 35 <laughs> to Miami. And I think he just hit a three, if I'm not mistaken. And, and like, and, and Brent slides in and takes a charge with like one second left. We're up 35, no call. But, I mean, that was, like, you know, I would give you blue-collar points for that for sure. You know, Brian, like, in the moment, it's, it's you know, 
honestly a very <laughs> instinctual thing. I think everybody on the team is so annoyed with my charge taking at this point. Because it's, just, <laughs> it's something, I mean, you've been to practice. It's just something I do. And, um, and for whatever, and I've been wanting to get an in-game charge for the longest time. Cause I, I mean, uh, last year, I think I took three or four and just, they don't, they don't want to give a charge call out in the last minute or two of a blowout. It's just not very fun. Um, but yeah, I remember like going to the locker room after and like thinking about the fact that I had done that. Like, those Miami guys have to think I'm just the biggest idiot in the world for trying to take a charge with one second left of a 30, you know, a 30 point blowout. Uh, I mean, I'm like, of course the refs didn't give me the call. Why in the world would they give me a call with 0.5 seconds left on a charge? Like, but, but yeah, it's, I, I love I, it. I felt like an idiot what? after the fact, but I was like, that's just something that I do. I love it. Listen, our fellow. I know that I don't know if they gave you credit on TV, but I promise you, uh, your your fan club on the Crimson Tide Sports Network was cheering that and yelling at the refs <laughs> because they didn't they didn't make the call. And uh, but but we know you you did it. That no, that that was awesome. And hey, I want to say this, William. I know I, I listened to uh, your your podcast last week, and right. and I and my name got brought yeah, up. You get a couple shout outs. It's all. It's all. It's it, by the way. It's always an honor. And and you were asking uh, Britton, you know, what we talked about. And he didn't tell the main story of our conversation, and it was just out of humility because I got on to him in practice, and the day before the Gonzaga game out in Seattle, um, because he was on fire, like could not miss. And if I'm not mistaken, you were Julian Struther the, the sharpshooter for Gonzaga and like Britain was just on fire. Oates was getting on all the guys and like they're having to run, you know, I mean, they, he was just putting them on, putting, I mean, just knocking down threes left and right. They could not guard Britton Johnson slash Julian Struther. And, and so he came out for a second. I'm like, Britton, man, you got to stop. Like you're going to ruin our guys' confidence the day before we play the number three team in America. Stop uh, doing your was, job. Yeah, man. Would you miss a shot? Because like we're gonna like we we want to have a positive mindset. Uh, but no, I, I can't tell you how many times he did that. So my junior year of high school, Britain was called up to. I was sitting there watching practice and Britain was called up from the JV team to be on the scout team for varsity Bucky would do that he would bring you know five of the best JV kids and they would scrimmage um and he did and Britain's been doing that since like before he could legally drive a car by himself I mean he would hit all these shots in practice and you had you know we had a really good good team and he's he's taking off guys that are a hundred pounds heavier than him all you know sheer muscle and here's lanky old 10th grade Britain in you know early March, late February, hitting practices, hit, hitting shots in practice at like eight o'clock at night, you know, from downtown and UAB, literally downtown from like 28 feet out. And Bucky's like, will somebody guard this guy? Like, will somebody guard him? Somebody stop this man. Well, Nate, Nate Oates was doing the same thing. And, and uh, I've been to enough practices to tell you that that is uh, something that, that happens on a regular basis. And like, first of all, man, the job, that Britain does and all these guys um, that, that don't probably get the playing time that uh, they would like. Um, but man, they, they prepare their teammates and, and really, I think set the culture. I mean, in the locker room and in practice and with, with their effort and attention to detail. Um, you know, I love, it, it was easier to see you guys on the, on the bench last year because, you know, there weren't crowds and you could see um, your involvement in the game. But, uh, you know, that stuff, that stuff matters. And, you know, Britton and Tyler, uh, especially with what they bring to the team, like, you know, fans see and, and we kind of joke about, you know, playing the last few minutes and, and all that and scout team, that stuff, like what they do in practice, preparing the team, you know, going uh, – Charlie Henry running the scout team. They're going through all their plays, their attention to detail. And by the way, if you have a scout team that isn't any good, that you don't have to like really play well and play hard in practice, you're not prepared. And, and so like we were prepared for Gonzaga. And if those guys like don't have great practices, then we're not going to be as good in the game. 
Uh, and in, like in th- those guys do a terrific job. And I loved, I've loved to watch practice. I mean, I love games, obviously, but I love watching our practices because Nate Oates, Charlie Henry, of course, Petway and Hodgson and, and Bowman, those, those guys are so good. I mean, they, we have the best coaching staff in the country, and I think the nation's starting to realize that. But uh, to, to watch these guys in practice uh, and prepare getting ready for the game uh, is really just so much fun to watch. And, and you, got, you guys uh, on the scout team do an amazing job and, and don't get enough credit for it. I, I want to add on to that because I'm the outsider here. Like you two are the insiders. Uh, the job that you just described and the job that is done is so important, even from the aspect of leadership, like not even on the court. Britain has played in the Sweet 16. He's played in multiple tournament games. He's won an SEC championship. J.D. Davison, everybody knows him all across the country. They know he's the stud freshman for Alabama. J.D. hasn't played in those games. He hasn't been in those high-pressure situations until now. Like, Britain has been on the team, been a part of that, helped carry the weight in this program for the, in his fourth year now. And, Britain, you've done a fantastic job. And so I want to add my compliment to not just stuff on the floor and practice, but off the floor and helping and being a mentor to those younger guys, as I know you are. Um, just knowing knowing the person that you are. So that's a really great thing. Guys, y'all are too kind. Uh, you know, I really, I really deserve uh, none of that praise, but I appreciate all of it. Um, I will say I did teach J.D. how to do the putback dunk that he did last night. That was all my uh, mentoring of him. He would not be able to do that if it weren't for me. So uh, I will take credit for, for his <laughs> pure athleticism and ability to just put his head in the room. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, c- kind of finishing up the uh, recap of last night. You know, we, we win the game. Obviously, chaos ensued. I don't want to, you know, speak on it too much. I will say shout out to uh, number one on Houston, Jamal Shedd. Uh, his a very high character of him to kind of clean up. I know it's kind of gone viral. Um, but, you know, they say character is what you do and no one else is watching. And uh, I think he showed really, really high character in that moment because I don't think he was relying on somebody to video that. But that just that seems to be who he is, and and obviously he's a stud player. So so props to him. Uh, best to that Houston team. They're uh, they're an amazing team. They're gonna have an amazing season. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I would prefer not to have to play them again. But you know, if we see them again, it'll probably be late in the tournament. So that probably would be a good thing. Um, but yeah, so the game finishes, chaos ensues, and then we kind of realized that you know hands were not going to be shaked uh, after the game. Um, and so, yeah, I think I kind of led the charge to us run over to the student section and, and kind of get the party started and, you know, kind of carried over the locker room and, and I don't know what else to say other than it was pure elation. You know, everybody was, was just so, so excited, uh, that, that we won just such a, such a hard fought game. And, um, you know, I, I think all of the, the physical, fatigue and pain that comes from just playing a very physical game like that probably didn't set in for another hour so they they really got to just uh, enjoy it and uh man what a win it was and then you know moving on to next week we're playing another team from the American and and obviously anyone who follows college basketball may know that Memphis is on a slide but Memphis is a fantastic team with fantastic talent and like I mentioned earlier they're a fantastic offensive rebounding team but I don't think I even need to talk about how talented they are because I think everybody kind of already knows. Uh, uh, Imani Bates, uh, reclass, Jalen Duran, reclass. Those are the top two players in what should be the senior year class this year. Uh, two terrific talents. They play 11 guys, and all of them are very talented players. And and we know that we're going to get their best shot because, uh, you know, they haven't won a, ga- uh, a game recently. And, and desperate is not the word, but, but they're going to be very much looking for – for a big win against a, a team that has won two straight against top 15 opponents. Yeah, they're, they're and I've seen them play a handful of times and, and I know, Brett, obviously you're getting into the scout and, and, and getting more dialed into Memphis, but they're a team, in my opinion, that uh, even though they are struggling right now, I mean, it's just a matter of time. They're, they're too talented. I mean, they're preseason top 10 or 12 and, you know, got a couple lottery picks on their team. They've got, uh, some of their best players back from a team that really hit their stride late in the season last year, uh, winning the NIT championship. So, I mean, on paper, 
I mean, this is definitely an NCAA tournament team, a team that could win games and get to a Sweet 16, if not further, from a talent standpoint. And eventually, talented teams uh, that play the right way eventually figure it out. Uh, they did that last year. Uh, I expect them to do it this year. I just hope it starts sometime after Tuesday. 100%. 100%. Uh, you know, we got to take every challenge for what it is. And and these guys aren't to be taken lightly. Uh, I, I, it's a very quick turnaround. But uh, like I said, we're going to get their best shot. And like you said, they are ter- just a terrifically talented team. I mean, they have talent at all five positions and they're deep. And, um, you know, they haven't been flowing well together. They're young. And like you said, I hope they wait until after Tuesday to really start clicking, but it's just a matter of time with them. Uh, and, you know, they're a terrific defensive team too. Uh, I think last year they were one of the top teams in the country defensively this year. They're in that kind of upper echelon of, of defensive teams, analytically speaking. And, and so you combine, you know, a great defensive team and a great offensive rebounding team and, and all it takes is a couple shots to fall to have a really, really tough game on your hands. And uh, being in a away game, I mean, you expect them to get their best shot. So um, it'll be a great game. I'm really, really excited for it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm upset we're not going to be able to see the eighth wonder of the world that is the Bass Pro Shops Pyramid. Uh, you know, just one of the <laughs> one of the great there. feats of all time. Really. I played in the, in, the, in the Bass Pro Shop before it was Bass Pro Shop. Uh, it, about that how'd that go yeah it was uh well not 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 great actually we uh i think we lost in the semifinals uh at the sec tournament that year it was 94 and it, it was the pyramid there were there were you know they didn't sell boats um or uh you know different not type of outdoor like yeah yeah so it wasn't but it was like i remember thinking back back then um i mean like it was a nice building and it was new and and now it's a bass pro shop but yeah that's that's my experience in memphis and i have been to the fedex forum which brett i don't know if you've been there but i mean yeah it's a big time big time arena um saw colin sexton uh play there a couple years ago uh took took the family to see colin over christmas break uh but you know Cool. I mean, nice, cool arena right by Beale Street, I think right by the hotel um, where you guys are staying. So it, it'll be a great trip. And uh, hopefully a lot of Alabama fans uh, will show up. I know there were a lot uh, that wanted to, to go out to Seattle and see the Gonzaga game. But uh, with the timing and it being far yeah, away some during other the sport, SEC championship. Yeah, yeah it was, some other sporting <laughs> event happened that day or something like that. I, you know, something. You I know, was the, preoccupied. The, I don't. I don't know. I don't remember exactly <laughs> what I was doing, but I was. I was some some Coca Cola event in Atlanta. You know the sad part about it. Now we've got like three weeks where it can't be a a football basketball kind of doubleheader. Even you know, I mean, even though the football team didn't play, I mean, at least they did their part with Bryce Young winning the Heisman yesterday to kind of kind of an appetizer uh, for 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 the basketball game. So now you guys are just gonna have to do it on your own, just kind of a. A, you well, know, just by yourself until the, the playoff starts. Well, when's the Birmingham Bowl? Because maybe we can at least get an armor loss on a day that we win. I, I haven't really checked the schedule yet. but I, I think uh, I think Brian has worked that day. It's an 11 a.m. game on a Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> I heard they're giving yeah. out tickets if you just walk down the streets of downtown Birmingham. They're, instead of paying for parking meters, you can just get a ticket instead. So it's kind of like you get a gift for parking downtown. Yeah, no, that, listen, I'm, it'll be exciting uh, for the Auburn fans to get to come tour uh, the Magic City and, uh, you know, see the sights. It's, it's a beautiful city. Maybe maybe hit the mean streets, um, you know, maybe. Whoa, maybe, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. I, I don't know about that. Maybe, you know. I don't know if they're built for that. Line. Good, good for the economy. Um, you know, we'll welcome all, all comers uh, to, to the community. So, you never Those know. Those line alleyways are vicious. I don't know if they're <laughs> ready for all that. Oh, Brian, I do have a question for you. Um, so I, I get to watch these clips, and it's so fun to watch the clips of y'all um, doing the play-by-play, especially when good things happen, obviously. And so uh, <laughs> watching the the last play last night and, and seeing you know, y'all's reaction to it, A, was awesome. B, my question is, how in the world are you able to kind of stay quiet and, and let Chris Stewart be Chris Stewart in that moment? Uh, because, you know, if it were me, I'd probably be yelling at the top of my lungs, like, let's go or something like that, you know? 
yeah. all I get out of you is just a nice little fist bump and uh, a fist pump and a fist bump. So, uh, <laughs> well, first of all, like, all right, did you hear the uh, the Rutgers guy uh, this week? Um, the the when when they beat Purdue, let's go, uh, let's go, let's yeah. go. Yeah, that's now that's what is going through my mind. Um, but the thing is, and and listen. You know, Chris has joked with me that my strength as a broadcaster is is I'm good at shutting up. Uh, so, so I, I think he meant that as a compliment. Um, but, but in in all seriousness, like Chris is the best. He is the best that I've ever heard um, calling games on on the radio. He does TV, all sports. He he is absolutely the best. And his calls are so classic that I don't want everybody to hate me for just like you know, saying something stupid over his incredible calls. So I, 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 I've just gotten used to it. This is our 19th year together. And, uh, and I, I try to just be silent and, and let the call, uh, let Chris do what he does best. And his calls are amazing. And I'm proud to say that I have not yet messed any of them up. Uh, and that will continue to be my goal. But what's been funny this year is, you know, this courtside cam is new. And so I had no idea that I'm acting like a complete fool on the, you know, on, on court side during these calls. Like I'm and, and you know, I've kind of thought it through and, and, and I'm amazed, even more amazed. And people should give Chris even more credit because like, not only are his calls amazing, but like he's playing through contact. I mean, I'm slapping him. I'm hitting him. I'm high-fiving him, fist bumping. I'm jumping up and down. I'm going crazy. Now, thankfully, I've, I've been able to be kind of silent through it all so everybody Again, you really can hear it. Somehow. Well, and, and listen, I didn't even, like, I didn't know I was acting quite like that. But, um, but no, it's been funny to see, and, I, and the feedback's been awesome. And the thing that's so fun about working with Chris uh, and Tom Stipe uh, who's in the videos and he's the engineer producer. He's been doing it uh, longer than any of us is Chris is the best. Like he is the best at what he does. Uh, Tom Stite is the best. I am so lucky to be sitting next to those guys. They are professionals, but what's really cool. And the three of us have in common is we love Alabama. We love Alabama basketball. And while those guys, and I, I try to like, just try to st- come close to their professionalism. I think the love for Alabama basketball comes through and, 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 and that's been fun for us together over the years. And, and we are having an absolute blast this year. And, and those videos would not be quite as entertaining. Actually, you know what, if they did a blooper video of, of me during bad calls or miss layups, like, <laughs> or, or something like, like big, momentum plays that go against us like my head hits the desk I act like like a little baby and it actually would probably be funny um maybe not after a loss but if after a win because when we had that offensive goaltending uh late in the game you know where it was like Mm -hmm. Juwan went up and you know great pass and Keon's right there and it just a split second thing when that got called off like I think I, I think I threw up. Like I just like hit the hit the desk in front of me and pouted and whined and and I guess it would have been funny, but no, those are so much fun and and man, we are having a blast and um and, and the fact that the team is is doing what you guys are doing. I mean, that's 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 all that matters. But it has been fun to kind of see these videos after the games. I've really yeah, enjoyed it, and uh, you know, you get you talked about playing through contact, Brian, I've, you've, I've seen people and I've probably been one of those people in past years and um, haven't been close enough this year, but that come up in the game, like end of the game, somebody, you know, a fan or a friend or whatever, who sits in one of those first two or three booster row seats are, you know, saying, Hey, and they did that last night when Chris or Saturday night, when Chris was trying to do uh, the call uh, at the very end, trying to figure out what was going on. So that's, that was an interesting, interesting, you know, it's, too. And it's so much fun this year because, listen, like I played at Alabama, and and you know I'm a I'm a I'm a former player fan, and and we're like we're fans, and we're you know we're jumping up and down, or I am, and but Chris is able to you know high five fans as he's making incredible calls, and 
Uh, it's just so much fun, um, you know, and, and listen, not that, that ESPN has never called, um, but, but, you know, if they did, I, I would have to pass because broadcasting is a blast. It's so much fun, but to do it for the school that I love and the program I love is just like, that is to me the ultimate. Uh, so we're having fun and, and, and we're just fans and a former player and, and uh, man, it's, it's so much fun. So you, you guys, Britain, y'all just keep winning a bunch because uh, you have really made life a whole lot of fun for the broadcast crew. Yeah, you know, Alabama basketball still takes years off my life with the stress, but at least we're winning now, you know, uh, whereas a couple years ago, we'd be up. <laughs> can five can you say that if you're late. on the team? Can you say that? <laughs> Yeah, well, I can say it if I'm not in the high stress situations. I have about as much control over that situation as you anyone does. Well, listen, uh, if you didn't not, teach JD how to make that dunk, put back dunk or a right, block like true. that last oh, night, then you're then listen. Then you're, and first of all, I'm I don't need to come on your podcast and argue with you, Britain, but that is not true because I know what goes on behind the scenes, and uh, you are a huge part of what's going on right now, and I know you're being humble just like you were when, when you didn't tell the story of, uh, of when you were knocking down threes uh, before the Gonzaga game, getting our team ready, but what you guys do is, I mean, it, we're, I promise you this, if, if, if the guys that are preparing uh, in practice, and listen, it's for the guys that are playing the games and the guys that are, are preparing the guys that play playing the games if they're not doing their job i mean alabama's not eight one in the top 10 right now it's just not it's just not happening so uh that is such an important part but uh no i know i know what you're saying and uh but i, I had to argue with you sorry <laughs> hey jumping in here uh brian and Britton, both of you uh on the on the flight or the bus trip whatever it is up to memphis tomorrow uh both of you please give coach oates a good good handshake from me from the entire fan base uh, I know there are a lot of tweets going around about how everybody would love to shake Coach Oates's, Coach Oates's hand if given the opportunity, um, as he is a great leader and he is employed and he has a job. You know who does not currently have a job? And ring-a-ding-ding, ring-a-ding-ding, we have breaking news here on the Main Streets podcast. I just thought Bo as well. Chapman Nix, former quarterback of the Auburn Tigers, is in the transfer portal. Let's get some we, – we've never done this before, uh, this – is a recorded podcast, so obviously we're not breaking any news by the time you're listening to this. Uh, let's get uh, some immediate news. reaction. We're going off script. We're breaking news here. We are a news organization. What's our reaction? Bo Nix, transfer portal. You know, I think there are ahead, a lot Brad. of schools. I was, I was say, I think there are a lot of schools that should really get Bo Nix a shot. Um, you know, same goes for their coach. I just don't think he's really been given the proper shot. And so, uh, <laughs> got maybe jokes. if that happens, then we'll have completely uh, different circumstances. But who knows what's going down there? Uh, you know, maybe it's TJ Finley time. I don't know. He had he had a great Iron Bowl, right? Almost led the Tigers to victory with a with an amazing ten points. Uh, it was all him. So almost uh, only like counts on horseshoes, hand grenades, and Auburn football. So that's a great. Great use of the word almost right there. I was going to say, you know how Tom Brady motivates his defense to play at a Super Bowl level year in and year out? That's all that TJ Finley did. So uh, maybe that's what <laughs> Brian Harson saw and uh, maybe just going with the with the new guy. Who knows? Yeah, I, listen, if, 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 if Bo Nix, like the ultimate Auburn guy, is is wanting to leave, boy, that, that's not a great sign. So – that's interesting. I guess I mean, he doesn't believe in Auburn and love it. Can't say I blame him. I'd want to get the heck out of there, too. <laughs> well, you know, we love Alabama for Alabama football. But Bo Nix, he, he loved Auburn for Auburn. And so. Right. <laughs> Britain, you're, you're, you're a Tuscaloosa, man. You, you love. I mean, you and I adopted. We left the main streets. And, Brian, you, too, back in your heyday. Uh, we adopted the streets of Tuscaloosa, and that was our home, and we made it our four-year home. And uh, Britain, you, like many other successful people, graduated early, but uh, Brian and I, we did our due time and uh, did our did our four years as we were supposed to. Um, not not everybody in the state can say that, and uh, it's just a true testament. You know, I we're praising you a lot here, Britain. I want I want to give you some praise. Um, <laughs> for sticking through it, you know, sticking with coach Oates and, you know, you could have, could have transferred, could have gone to another school after the former coach left and uh, you stuck with it. And, um, 
you know, shout out to the Mountain Brook basketball player that went and played at Alabama and uh, won an SEC championship last year. Hey, Britton, can I ask you a question about um, being a Mountain Brook basketball player who won an SEC championship last year? For sure. Have you had a chance to show Trendon your ring? Uh, I feel like that'd be a sore, sore subject. Uh, I, I've, I have not done that, I, nor have I shown, shown uh, Leo the ring. I, I will say I posted it on Instagram, so I'm sure they saw it that way. But, uh, uh, you know, I try not to play. I think those my uh, Mountain Brook rings and my Alabama ring will be uh, kept in hiding in a very safe place back in Birmingham. Uh, for, for the you know, foreseeable future, I don't plan on you know taking it out much, but uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, You're, huge news for Bo though to to leave, and um, like you said, he's the ultimate Auburn guy. Uh, kind of, it's kind of unbelievable. It's gonna be weird to see him in any other jersey. Uh, you know, so it'll be interesting. You think he might come back? Yeah the the Birmingham Southern might. Panthers colors are gonna look great on him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this oh, is the boy. year <laughs> who knows hey, well, i mean he'll have some opportunities i think but who knows I, I i love this this segment of breaking news we've never done that but we'll have to have it again and uh that is that's awesome shout out to you know please credit the mean streets podcast anytime you hear of uh mr chapman nicks uh transferring or putting his name into the hat for the transfer portal uh, we'll see if if Brian Harson can take the right shot and try and recruit him back. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. This was so much fun, and you've joined the Galloway Podcast. You've now officially joined the Mean Streets Podcast. Uh, the professionalism, the insight, uh, the knowledge, and you being able to go behind the scenes as well as Britain is able to do and kind of give the fans an inside look. Uh, really appreciate your insight and your time. Looking forward to a great week. We've got at Memphis Tuesday night, ESPN, 8 o'clock, Jacksonville State back in the hangar, a.k.a. Coleman Coliseum, 7.30 Central. Saturday evening, that one's on the SEC Network, as I mentioned. And then Tuesday in Birmingham, check that out, 6 p.m., SEC Network Plus, taking on Colorado State. Brian, thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Guys, y'all are doing a great job. Uh, really enjoyed it, and uh, just keep up the great work. Roll tie, guys. Appreciate you, Brian. Golly, I love talking to Brian. And I know that one kind of ran a little long, but, I mean, we could do it for two times that length and always enjoy a conversation with him, enjoy his insight. We will definitely have him back here on the Mean Streets podcast presented by Full Moon Barbecue. Britton, let's go ahead and kind of wrap things up here. But before we do, I want to get, we talked about the Heisman at the beginning, Bama football, Brian mentioned it. A lot of things going on. Alabama athletics continuing to succeed on all fronts. Uh, take me through any any thoughts you have on the Heisman, Bryce winning, Will Anderson getting snubbed, uh, and any hot takes you have this week. Yeah, I mean, Will Anderson was definitely snubbed. And I know you're going to go into a little bit more detail about that. But uh, uh it was really, really cool to see Bryce win the Heisman. Uh, now the last quarterback, running back, and receiver to win the Heisman all are from Alabama, which is pretty amazing. Uh, we got to watch the end of the ceremony and Bryce's speech in Coleman, which was very, very cool to be there when that happened. And, you know, there's a large part of the, the student uh, section that was already there. So there was a, it was pretty ruckus when, when he won. So it was very, very cool. Uh, my two hot takes that we have two this week. Uh, the first is I believe that, and obviously we're, we're fortunate enough to be a part of this. This is the best the state of Alabama at the college level has been at, at basketball uh, for sure in recent memory and, and maybe in, in the history of the state's basketball history. I mean, uh, I think we have two of the top SEC contenders in Alabama and Auburn. Um, Auburn playing very well. Shout out to uh, Lior who is, you know, one of my high school teammates and, and uh, William obviously knows him very well as well. And he's, he's been playing great. Um, and then UAB is a, a top 50 team in the country right now, eight and two, they're playing fantastic. And, and also shout out to, to coach Bucky and Sanford, who with the depleted roster have started very strong at eight and two and, and upset Oregon state on the road. So uh, yeah, even Jacksonville state is very solid this year who we're playing on Saturday. So across the state, you know, the state of Alabama, uh, the state of Alabama is very, very healthy with basketball, and uh, the, the future looks very, very bright. 
Not on my second. I'll, I'll add on that. I think it's a good thing Please that do. people are watching and caring about basketball before uh, football season's over. That's really important. It is. It is. I mean, there are a lot of people that in the past have told me, you know, I'll, I'll start going to games. I'll start paying attention uh, after football season's wrapped up. It's kind of the mentality around the state. And you're starting to see a shift in that just because of how good these teams are starting to be in the state. And it's very, very exciting uh to be a part of it when this shift is really beginning to happen uh now to my second take uh which is a little bit more of a of a gag take but uh is that the Birmingham Bowl is just an absolute steal I mean just what a great deal that is uh I'm seeing tickets on sale for $5.99 in the in the brand new protective stadium for you know two of college football's best premier programs here Auburn and Houston uh uh, as uh, I think some Alabama fans have noticed, Houston is now one of our top basketball rivals, uh, vaulting ahead of many schools, Auburn being one of them, obviously, who's, you know, not a real rival. We're just, you know, SEC competitors. We're but, just uh, toying with them. Yeah, I say that in jest. But, um, but yeah, it's just uh, what a great deal that is. I, I can only imagine what the tailgate is going to be like outside of Protective Stadium on that fine. Did you say it was a Tuesday morning at 11? Yeah, Tuesday morning. I mean, take your lunch break early. Come come watch some Tiger football. And I'll tell you, Britton, there is nothing like being home for the holidays. I love spending time with my family. My brothers come home to Birmingham and Auburn gets to enjoy the luxury of staying home and players from the over the mountain area can have a little position dinner at their Vestavia home or wherever. And uh, it's it's a beautiful thing. Really, really warms my heart. And and now now that we know about the Bo Nix news, Auburn fans get to watch their QB of the future, TJ Finley, go to work. I mean, how yeah, it, it, it could not be more exciting than it is. Um, and you know, I, as Auburn fans have just been mourning the loss of their yearly game in Birmingham, uh, it's nice that for them to come back home. You know, I, I know how much they miss playing in Legion Field every year for the Iron Bowl. Uh, they definitely did not think it was like a home field advantage for Alabama or anything. And they didn't, you know, complain about it daily or anything like that. And so uh, I know they love the city of Birmingham uh, and the city of Birmingham is very neutral on them. So really it's going to be a great game. Yeah. I'm very excited. My hot take of the week, and this is not even hot at all. It's probably cold. It's like colder than ice. Uh, Will Anderson should have won all of the awards minus the Heisman. I'm going to, I'm going to throw that part in there. But we can go over the numbers. You've all seen the numbers. 91 total tackles, 52 solo, 15 and a half sacks, yada, yada, yada. Comparing himself to Aiden Hutchinson, who just did absolutely nothing and would have gotten eaten alive had he been in the – and if he was in the SEC, nobody would have known his name. Maybe that should be my hot take. But when you get 31 first-place votes for the Heisman, which is more than the third and the fourth place person, that's got to count for something. They're giving ballots out to Heisman candidates. There was somebody that openly admitted on Twitter. He said, I really haven't seen a whole lot of Alabama football. Well, hey, buddy, it's a shame Alabama's not on TV every week because they're a top five program in the country. I mean, people are so stupid, and I'm getting fired up. And it's getting late, and we're trying to wrap this thing up here. So I'm just going to yeah. leave it at that. Will Anderson should have won all the awards outside of the Heisman Trophy. I, I will add, you know, it's very interesting, and, and no disrespect to Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, I think he is a very good player. I don't think he's the player that Will Anderson is, but that's for a whole other discussion. It is very interesting. I'll, I'll give him disrespect. Dude, that, that, that It's the Michigan. They don't play anyone. Come play the SEC. I think he's a good player. Do I think he's the the level player that that Will Anderson is? Obviously not. But you know, I'm an Alabama yeah, fan. So yeah. well, no disrespect. Biased, no disrespect, but, but disrespect. Whatever. Um, Anyways, you know, but we're not. What I was going to add. I was going to add though. It is interesting that he is the number two Heisman uh, finisher in, in the Heisman race. Is a finalist, yet won none of the college football even the Player of the Year awards. And, and it was split between two guys, and he wasn't either one of those guys. And so it's just very interesting that that was kind of the way it all shook out. But uh, oh, and, and we aired our grievances about Jordan Davis last week. You know, good for him, whatever. Though Davis and Hutchinson will get to go head-to-head in what will be actually probably a very boring game between Georgia and Michigan. Um, but 
it's that's neither here nor there. We're not the football experts, and so we just kind of like to chime in when we can. 100%. All right, so week six of the Main Streets podcast. Hey, if you're listening at this point, we really, really appreciate you. Uh, we try to not make it this long, but when we have great guests like Brian, we want to talk uh, with him as much as possible. And we know you want to keep it basketball centered. So we want to honor that and give you as much basketball content from inside the Crimson Tide locker room as possible with Britton Johnson. Um, we got through our entire show today. I want to remind everybody to follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Mean Streets Pod. We've been doing giveaways of Full Moon Barbecue gift certificates, gift cards. We've given out plenty and we have a couple more to give out. So be sure to follow us there. The content has been exquisite, as they say. Compliments to the chef. Uh, that is Britton and myself cooking up a storm on the Twitter sphere. So follow us there and Instagram. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I like to have fun. Twitter's Twitter's about being like. I'm. I've started to wonder if I should sign the tweets, WG. But I, I think I should just. Uh, I like it the can, way it is. I'll, I'll say this. I'll leave it up to the discretion of the fans. But if it if it's a hot take or if it's a controversial tweet, whether or not it actually is, let's just let's just say it was William. I think I think it's. I, and it, it, it might have been Britain. I mean, he's a crazy college student. It was probably Britain. Um, but regardless, you should support the Mean Streets podcast by buying merchandise. We have hats, shirts, pullovers. We have vests. We even have golf shirts. I can't wait to pick mine up uh, from Bandwagon Sports. Visit bandwagonsports.com. Click on Team Shop, then click on Mean Streets and buy your Mean Streets merchandise today. We've got that great logo thanks to our friends at DSC. So we've got merchandise. We want you to buy that on bandwagonsports.com. It makes the perfect gift for Christmas. If you're looking for men's or women's apparel, visit bandwagonsports.com. Team shop and click on Mean Streets. We're going to try and do some Twitter spaces. We haven't done those recently, but we want to try and keep those up, especially as we start playing two games a week. We've got stickers on hand. There are some in Tuscaloosa. Britain's got them um, where he lives. He's, he's got those on his desk right there. And so we will start giving those out as well. Put it on your car, put it on your dog, put it on your refrigerator, spread the good word of the Main Streets podcast. That's going to be it for week six, the episode week six of the Main Streets podcast presented by Full Moon Barbecue. I'm William Galloway. Britton is going to take it away with the final word. Hey, roll tide uh, to all of the students. I uh, hope you did well in your exams and have a great holiday season. Have a Merry Christmas. Uh, and we'll catch you next week. Roll Tide.